you know, my whole body is telling me, stop. Here's your warning. And I wrote them down to remember them, to remind myself. All of those are just your signals to really listen to your body and let your body be the leader for your heart. It's hard to do, but a lot of times it's more telling than even what's popping in our heads. Friends, Jaima, it is Raquel, and welcome to Your Own Magic, a podcast for the creative and the curious soul. And as usual, the sponsors that you may hear today in their special offers may be linked in the show notes, along with ways to connect with your own magic community. And also, you can check out my new shop, Eyes of Aspen, at eyesofaspen.com, and even share your interest to potentially come to the Your Own Magic Retreat in 2023, which I'm so excited about. And I know everyone who has at least express their interest through our application on the Your Own Magic website, youronmagicpodcast.com. I, I will be emailing more details. All I know so far, though, is that the host will be myself and Brie Melanson. But yes, as soon as I have more details, I'll make sure to send an email out. I know that some of you have been waiting on that. And thank you for everyone who has shown interest and everyone who has been supporting the new shop. That has been fun. I have some new exciting things that I'm adding to the shop. During a meditation, I had a vision of what the niche of the shop will be because it's what excites me and I know excites a lot of you. So I'll be sharing more of that soon. And it's been fun to dive into this new endeavor, which makes me feel like an entrepreneur and wearing another hat. And today's magical guest wears many hats. Today's guest is Mary Lawless Lee. And not only is she an entrepreneur, she's a blogger, she's a Instagrammer. (laughs) She's a mother. She's now an author, a woman that wears many, many hats. And she shares her secrets, how she makes it happen wearing many hats while living such a busy life, but also wanting to really be there for her kids and be a wonderful mom. And Mary Lawless Lee is the founder of the Happily Gray brand and Nima Skincare Line. And her new book, Happily Gray, Stories, Souvenirs, and Everyday Wonders from the Life in Between is out on the 15th. So if you're listening to this on the 14th, feel free to pre-order. You may want to when you hear about the book. It's fascinating. I have it with me right now. It's kind of like a coffee table-like read. It's very visual. It's a visual book, but you can sit there and actually read the book and connect with her, or you can just have it on your coffee table. So when people are sitting around, they can just flip through the book and look at the visuals and read about one select thing in that moment. I I love the way I'm very inspired by her and her styling with the book. And also I'm very inspired by how often she writes. I mean, she's a blogger, right? And she's She's just a go-getter. She's amazing. She, I guess she has a type A personality, as they say. She even takes this type A bath, which she talks about towards the end of the episode. But man, in this episode, we dive into a variety of colorful topics as Happily Gray is about the in-between gray areas and accepting that life isn't just black and white. So we talk about recovering from perfectionism and she sheds light on her eating disorder history, her disordered eating history, 
and body issues and just letting go and leaning into self-acceptance, which I know many of us can relate to. Like I said, she talks about motherhood. She shares her own experiences as a mother, the beauty and the not so glamorous side of things, even experiencing mom guilt. And again, finding support as a busy, busy woman. And she emphasizes the beauty and the power of having a team, having support to really keep you grounded and going. And she also talks about the power of listening to our internal red flags and the telltale signs that something might be up, that you might be ignoring something. And so why it's so important to listen to the gut. As many of you know, I'm not really much of an Instagram person. I've been off Instagram for a while. And Mary is very active on Instagram. It seems a lot of her businesses rely on that platform. Yet at the same time, in order to honor her own mental well-being, she takes care of herself and her soul by doing some doable digital cleanses. So she shares a less extreme version that I'm doing, a more just doable digital cleanse for your mental well-being. And of course, I have to ask her about her writing process for the book and so much more. So I hope that you enjoy Mary's magic. This is brilliant. Side note, I was having issues with my other recording platform that I usually use. So this time I had to use Zoom. So the sound quality isn't the best at times, but I don't think it was that distracting. And so many people record their podcasts over Zoom, so you might be used to it. But for some people that are used to a different quality, just know that I had to make do with what I could in order to chat with Mary. And I hope that you enjoy her many golden nuggets. So with that being said, let the magic begin. Mary, I'm so honored to have you on the show. You are a gift to the world, and I love this gift you're bringing to the world, Happily Gray, and I just can't wait to talk to you and hear some golden nuggets from your words here on the show. So thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you and your community today. This is an honor, and yeah, I'm excited to share more about my book. What is lighting you up most in this season of your life? Oh, well, honestly, I mean, presently, my book, and, and finally, this is something we've been working on for the last two years. So wow. it really feels exciting that we're here. We're, we're able to share it now, and that this 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 is you know the other side of the story, and so yeah. much. Of of it I've never gotten to share. So I'm excited to dive into like conversations with other women and hopefully be able to connect with other women around these stories. I love it. I'm excited too. And there's a lot here that I connect with, by the way, that is very, very true. I would love to hear your life story and what was the catalyst that led you to the expansive person you are today. And also that led you to create this story. Yeah, for sure. So I I currently am in Nashville. I'm a mom of two. I have a three-year-old and 18-month-old. And my life partner, Madison, and I, we both live in in Nashville here. But my story starts in Texas. I grew up on a really small, in a really small town on a massive farm, 500-acre farm, running around the pasture, riding four-wheelers with the cows. And I just have this deep appreciation for my upbringing and living in a small town that like stillness and peacefulness and the ability as a kid to like really experience it all. And those were really very impressionable years as a, as a child. And I am just so thankful for that time. I was definitely an achiever at a very young age. I didn't want to just win. I wanted to be the best. And so I have a lot of that energy and I've kind of channeled a lot of that energy. It served me well in a lot of ways and it served me not so well in, in some. And I've, I've learned a lot of a lot of good lessons throughout my life now, kind of 
countering and, and then accepting that energy. But yeah, I went to school at UT Austin. I studied nursing, actually. I was a I was a critical care nurse for seven years. Wow. Yeah. Much different than what I do now. I, I loved it. I loved it. It was the, the the most impactful seven years of my life. I knew early on as even as a kid, I wanted to take care of people. I had this like deep empathy to be able to connect and, and, and pay, just patient care. And so I, yeah, I worked in the Memorial Hermann in the Texas Medical Center and then a little bit at Vanderbilt. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's always the kind of the hidden secret about me. People are like, wait, what? Now it's just so different. I um, started writing 12 years ago. I started writing um, and and created a site called Happily Gray, which is, um, was my blog. And I started writing about fashion as purely as a creative outlet, but um yeah, it was, it, it was kind of this passion project that evolved into um, now multiple brands, but, you know, it's really like this foundation of nursing and um, growing up in the hospital kind of in a way, that's where I really grew up and learned a lot being in, being so close to life and death. I realized, you know, not everything is black and white and kind of being mm. in this gray area and that inspired the name for my company and my now book happily gray, because I realized that life isn't black and white. It doesn't always fit in the box. Gray space is where I felt the happiest. I also felt the most challenged and uh, the most creative. It felt the most, had the most curiosity and thrill to it. And so that, you know, my nursing background really laid a great foundation for kind of what I've done in years to come. And inspired my whole existing brand now and just really like has has been um a big part of a big part of my life oh my I so respect your story and where you came from and everything that you just shared about I could not agree more when it comes to the gray our world is not black and white I love how in the book that you say happily gray is not just about gray but there's actually a lot of color to it which I think is beautiful and so true and also you have your subtitle everyday wonders from the life in between mm-hmm. which is synonymous with the gray so very clever and you were talking about motherhood you're a mother of two I know there's a lot of mothers and new mothers as well tuning into the episodes and so I'd love to hear about your motherhood experience what that's been like and the highs and lows and everything in between motherhood has just been it's been the greatest sense of joy it's been the most challenging it's been beautiful it's been messy it's been exciting it's motherhood is, is so many things all wrapped into one but God, it's a privilege. It is such a privilege to be able to be a mom. And it's so my daughter's three and um, we had my son pretty close. He's 18 months. And so life is so busy. You know, a lot of things that ground me and that have really changed my life the most is just the entering in this chapter of motherhood and um, giving me the, giving me such perspective to not lose sight of the childlike wonder that can sometimes escape us as a, as adults. And that's another big theme. And um, throughout this book and what I write about a lot is motherhood has really reminded me of that, of, of, of opening my eyes wider and reliving and just, you know, just recapturing these, these memories through the eyes of our sons and daughters. And it's been a great reminder to lean into that curiosity, lean into the thrill of the unknown. And I think through all of these chapters, I I write about kind of the goal of trying to get back to that, trying to stay present 
and get back to that sense of childlike wonder, that motherhood. Like I swear every day I'm reminded of that. And it, through like the little details of you know, like this morning, my daughter said, mom, why is the grass sparkling? Why is it white? And it's because in Nashville, it's 30 degrees right now. Yeah. It's, it's the first time this season that she's seen frost. And, and, and I explained that to her and she was like, it's very pretty. It's very sparkling. <laughs> Those little moments um, of seeing her mind, you know, kind of take it all in is really beautiful and a great reminder for adults, you know, that we're in our world and things are busy and things are stressful and things get heavy Yeah, uh, to stop and pause and re- remember that those little sweet moments of essence. Oh, that is so poetic. I'm just picturing your daughter saying that, you know what? I never thought about that by the way, Mary, because I don't have kids of my own. I do have a little puppy, but I do not have kids of my own yet. I definitely want to be a mother one day. And I didn't even think about how the fact that they bring you back to that childlike essence that I feel like we all deserve to feel, especially, I mean, the world is so chaotic and difficult sometimes. And it's just so nice to tap into that innocence and that inner child. You also get to experience, re-experience that. It's almost like that's the universe or God's way of, you know, bringing that back to you. (laughs) I also want to commend you actually for something. You said that your son is 18 months old and I know that you've been working on this book for two years. Wow. You're like superwoman for making that happen. Um, that's absolutely amazing. I could not picture how challenging that was. And for people that are also mamas, but they have busy lifestyles. Do you have any tips for them? For sure. Well, I, I first have to say the only reason why this was able to happen because he, my son was six months at the time. We were in the middle of writing this book and we were launching a skincare brand. Um, oh my God. It was like, crazy, crazy, crazy time in life. And it would not have happened with these strong women um, that surrounded me through this process. One of them, Shannon Miller, who was my co-writer, she coached me through this entire process. She like kind of held my hand through this entire process. Yeah. I will say writing a book, even though I've been writing all my life, I've been journaling and writing. Um, I, I, I have my, my, my brand happily gray. We write a lot of content. It is very different to write a book. And, you know, it's just like such a massive undertaking and having her alongside me and the energy, it just was like all meant to be because she's a master woman and and just an angel from above. And so I I have to credit her to getting through this process and being, being right beside me through it all. And also my team, of women. So it, it, it like has taken an army to be able to do this and I can't take credit below. And I, and I will say, you know, as a mom and, you know, it's a struggle It's a struggle to find the balance. It's a struggle to not lose your identity and and becoming a mom and continue to, you know, have a job or have your creative outlets or pursue, you know, pursuing whatever it is in your life outside of just your role as a mother. I think it's really important that you don't lose sight of those things, but it's also really hard to, to Mm. and so um, one of the things I learned that was a hard lesson for me in motherhood is you have to let people help you. You cannot do it all on your own. Raising even one child takes a team of people and you have to be willing to let people in to help you. And, you know, we don't have family that's close, that's nearby, um, but we have a great and the that comes and helps us. And I'm so, so thank, thankful for yeah. the support, but whatever that looks like, um, whether it's a daycare or it's a nanny, but you have to have a friend, you have to have the support. And maybe it's not just in, um, you know, childcare, but in like 
your mental health, whatever your outlet is, you, you really need to have that support to have other women and men around you that are encouraging you to continue those paths that really inspire you outside of just your role as, as a mother, because it's so easy. It's so easy just to lose yourself. And for that to kind of feel like, you know, at the end of a long week, that, that that's, that's your only title. When in reality, there's a lot there. I love a natural look with some shimmer. I love that lightly soft contour, but add, of course, some shimmer and some blush, some highlighter, a whisk of eyeliner on the outer edges, and of course, a strong lengthening mascara that does not clump or flake. That's basically the look I usually go for. So whether you like a more natural look or full glam or somewhere in between, you'd love Thrive Cosmetics because you're not only getting quality cosmetics, but you're also contributing to a good cause. And you also might already know of them as they have a pretty viral, vibrant turquoise tube on social media for their mascara. And it is a game changer. It is. I'm so happy that Thrive Cosmetics is not just stunning, but also 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And it's packed with clean, skin-loving ingredients. Their high-performance formula set the bar high with uncompromising standards. So no wonder their bestsellers boast thousands of glowing five-star reviews. And what also makes them even more special is that every purchase with Thrive Cosmetics contributes to making communities thrive. Hence the name. I mean, it's also spelled C-A-U-S-E Medics. Thrive Cosmetics. So it's not just about beauty. I mean, they're truly about giving back. So with your support, they donate products and funds to support communities in need through responsive giving. That's why they've been my beauty obsession since 2020. I've been using their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara since 2020. I mean, this is a magical mascara that lasts all day without a hint of clumping or smudging or flaking. And removal is a breeze as all I need is warm water and a washcloth. Pretty simple. And also here's the best part. The nourishing ingredients in this flake-free tubing formula not only gives you the length and definition that you crave, but also it supports longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's a love story for your lashes. So Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 20% off your first order. I couldn't imagine balancing all this while also you say that you're a recovering perfectionist. Many of us can relate. So what made you realize that being a perfectionist was not in your best interest? Gosh, you know, this behavior was, I mean, it's innate. It was ingrained in me as a little girl. Um, I, I just, you know, I think I was so afraid of failure, even as a young age, I was so aware I could sit in a room and I remember feeling what other people felt and wanting to make sure I was taking on the right approach to make them feel a certain way. And, you know, that adapting those behaviors throughout life, it just, you lose sense of who you are, what you actually want out of this and what your real, your real gifts are and how you can really, you know, your place in this world and how you can really serve. And mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, it, my, my perfectionism was very unhealthy is unrealistic. A lot of it was kind of rooted in criticizing and overanalyzing my body Mm-hmm. Um, performance yeah. and in return I missed out on a whole lot of growth and in my book I talk about 
uh, there's a quote in there um, that really, I just like, I, I wrote it in my journal a few years back and I ended up putting it in the book. It said, if the world isn't perfect, it, the world isn't perfect and neither am I. And it's really all okay. You know, like less than perfect is exactly right. Yes. And it's taken a lot of deep work and some time, but, you know, I think that possibility of failure, yes, it's, it's scary, but it's also how we learn. It's also how we live. And it's also what makes us beautiful, you know? And so it's been a journey, you know, to get to a point where you lean into those imperfections and you lean into the things that make you, you and things that make you beautiful. But, um, it, life sure is a lot easier and a lot lighter when you can accept that, you know? Amen to everything that you said. And I appreciate your vulnerability in this as, I mean, a lot of us listening, it's hard to release that need to be perfect at everything, or especially you said that for you had a lot to do with the body, which I can totally relate. That was an experience in my life too. And then that led to, of course, disordered eating or an eating disorder. You've also healed from a disordered eating past, which I'd love to hear about. And you came to a place of self-acceptance. Would you mind if you're open to it, sharing this story as well? Absolutely. This is probably one of the most important chapters in the book. Yeah, you know, the whole point of this book was sharing the other side of the story. I think a lot of times what we see on social media and, and kind of knowing a person through social media and from afar, you see the highlight reel, you see one side of the story. And so this book was really the heart of it is being able to show all sides. And I wanted to reserve some of these more sacred stories and, and darker moments in my life for, you know, a sacred place like my book to then hopefully open up these conversations and community and connection on social media. So I'm excited that we're able to talk about this today because I am really passionate about it. I actually wrote the entire book without it, if I'm being completely honest. And I read the book for the first time for joy. I I put it down for two weeks and I read it for joy and over Christmas break uh, this past year. And I knew like immediately I knew how I can't believe I missed, I, I missed the most important chapter. And I knew I had to go back and write that chapter in. And I felt convicted I felt, you know, that, that that 23-year-old version of me was looking back at me saying like, hey, I'm here. I need, I need, I need another late woman to say, hey, me too, you know, to raise their hand and say, I'm with you. I see you. You're not alone. Me too. But, you know, I think a lot of times our shame can hide, can, can, can you know, discourage us from doing that. But if there's anything I've learned in this process, it's, it's that, you know, shame, light, light, you know, letting that light in is really, you know, what decreases that shame. And, 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 and when we let that light in and we open up and we share, we feel less and less of that shame. And I think that's really powerful. And as I began my journey of healing and recovery, the more I, I was able to share about it in, in, in a safe, trustworthy way with the right people, the more powerful I felt and the smaller that got, the more accountability and the more, um, just I didn't feel that I was fighting this battle alone. I was fighting with a team of people that I really trusted. And so that was like one of the big, the big first steps in my, in my 
journey to recovery. Oh yes. Writing about it and knowing that other people are, you're healing other people while you're also simultaneously healing yourself. I had chills when you were talking about how you just had to write that piece because that's perhaps the piece I connect with most. Your story there is just something that a lot of people battle or have battled. And it's a silent battle that many people struggle with. And the more people that talk about this particular life experience of healing with from eating disorders and also body acceptance, self-acceptance, letting go of perfectionism, and also mom guilt. You talk about mom guilt. You are very vulnerable and honest with your motherhood experience, which is also beautiful. And so all of these stories that you're sharing and the vulnerability that you're sharing in this book, I mean, of course, so personal, but so healing. I, you know, I knew the one thing that I couldn't do was not talk about it. Yes. No, that was ultimate fail is to not talk. And that's the shame winning. And I remember what I was trying to get out earlier. Shame can't survive in light and sharing allows that light to come in. We open up and we share the experience, you know, we're strengthened, you know? And so that was, that was a big, a big hurdle for me to, to realize. But once I did it one time, then I started gaining more and more strength. To, to lean into that more and to trust that process. Mm, I'm happy you leaned in. That's beautiful. And you also talk about internal red flags, which mm-hmm. is very interesting. And the five telltale signs that something is just not right. Will you mind, do you mind elaborating on this a bit? Yeah. So, you know, I think like we all have gut reactions. We all have instincts. And a lot of times we, we can get in a habit of not, of not trusting those, of not, of not listening to those. Like your body tells you so much, your body at least my experience, I feel like listening to my body, listening to the physical me is, is sometimes more powerful than, you know, what's popping in my head, being in tune, being present, being centered and not, not being so busy, not being so in the next, onto the next, the next, the next, where I miss those signals and signs. And so I actually wrote that in a journal several years ago of like, okay, I'm not, cause I, it was an experience that I went through that I felt like I had missed those, those cues. And, you know, my whole body is telling me, you know, stop, like, here's your warning. And I wrote them down to remember them, to remind myself, all of those are just your signals to really listen to your body and let your body be the leader for your heart. Cause that's, it's hard to do, but a lot of times it's more telling than even what's popping in our heads. Oh yeah. The body is, I think, wiser than the brain. You, you just know you have an inner feeling. And I know that some people experience it in different ways. Like I also get, have this inner knowing or just a feeling in my body will tell me some people have visceral, like very potent reactions. And so, yeah, I think that that's so important to know that we do receive these internal red flags, these signals that let us know something's off. Another thing that you also have are six action items for recovering perfectionists, which I definitely want to go over. Do you mind sharing these? Yeah. Yeah. So these I learned, you know, during, um, through eating disorder journey. And then, cause like a lot of that is rooted in perfectionism. And so I think I say in the book, like, let's get average. Yeah. And they, they're just good reminders. I actually have them written out. And they are in a corner of one of a mirror in my house so that oh, I love you know, that when you are, when you are looking in the mirror, like there's no, there's no better time or reminder than, than, then and there now. And I don't have them in front of me, but I think one of them is um, cooking with, well, one is cooking without a recipe. Um, they're kind of like all popping in my head now, um, which I love to do. My husband is the one that taught me this. 
he always cooks with, with, without a recipe, which honestly can go, it's like 50, 50, whether <laughs> we can eat the meal or not, but it's actually fun and silly. And so much of perfectionism, I feel like is losing that sense of childlike wonder and losing that sense of like, like, let's just dive in the unpaved way. Like we don't always have to have an orchestrated, perfect plan, like dive in. And he always says that. And I've admired him for that because he, he doesn't usually, I mean, sometimes it, it goes well and sometimes it doesn't, but like, it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really matter. And one of the things that I talk about else in my book is my tattoo. Him and I got tattoos um, off of Broadway. I don't know if you're familiar with Nashville, but Broadway is not a place that you'd want to get tattoos. <laughs> we, we went in and, um, you know, we're not even, we don't even have a lot of tattoos. It's not like, this is like, this is a pretty big deal for us. And we went in without a plan and we just did it. And I was so proud, not, not of, of what it looked like, just some of the spontaneity of the situation and going in and doing something that, you know, wasn't this orchestrated big plan. And a lot of these little, these little mantras kind of follow that of, you know, leaving the door open and to the, you know, the unpaved path and, and, and really pursuing um, that sense of childlike wonder and curiosity. And yeah, so it's that that's all a part of the work and like getting average and accepting that. Um, and one of the, one of the other practices I just thought of is covering up your mirror. And oh, yes. Not looking in the mirror, which it makes you place it's interesting if you do if you do it for a couple of days, which I love my fashion, I love looks, I love styling, so it's hard for me in that aspect. Yeah, yeah. It makes you it makes you place your value, um, and, and and take that to a different perspective than just what your external appearance is. So it's a really powerful tool, even if you just do it for a day. Like it's it is really powerful, and I always look at my children and when they see themselves in the mirror because they never see themselves in the mirror and they're just silly and goofy. And they kind of like my 18 month old was dancing, looking at himself. It's like, it's truly like adapting the, that sort of mentality, you know, yes. when you're seeing, you know, it versus the constant critiquing and the constant, like, Oh, this blemish or this or that. It just, it can be, um, be destructive, especially that wrapped up into like, it should be what we should be, what we should look like. And so great practice. It's fun. And it just helps you realign those values. I love that idea. I love that practice of covering up the mirror for a while, letting it go. And then, you know, if you look in the mirror, just have fun with yourself, like a child would without picking apart every little detail. Obviously one reason why we have societal pressures these days are uh, social, social media, social media has a major influence on, you know, how we feel about ourselves. I appreciate that you encourage a digital cleanse for people. And, you know, I've taken it to the extreme and deactivated my account for a variety of reasons. And it's been one of the best things I've ever done for myself. But you know, it's not the most approachable approach for everyone. And you have a more gentle approach that I think a lot of people could do. Like you say, it's a doable digital cleanse. So do you Mm -hmm. mind sharing your tips for a doable digital cleanse? Yeah, for sure. And this is coming from a lot of the aspects of our businesses are kind of rooted in social media. So I did it in a way that was like feasible, but, but still like creating the boundaries that felt um, workable for our lives. I think it's just about finding what works for you. 
and what you really need in your life. And this is just kind of the starting point of, of, of where, you know, what worked for us and where we started. But, um, you know, it's all about boundaries. It's all about balance and boundaries. And a lot, one of the things that, that I find the most impactful is from 4.30 till about 8.30, we have like a no phone zone where mm. we're not, that's kid time. Um, a lot of times during work, during office time, we're on our phones or part of what we're doing. But that 4.30 to 8.30 is kids time. And I know it's like an agreement with my husband and I, we know that we will not be on our phone. We won't be endlessly scrolling because a lot of times too, it's not that you're doing anything. It's just like the scroll. It's the distraction. Yes, exactly. Right. And so, yeah, we, that, that has been so, so helpful. Um, A lot of times what I do since my business is rooted in social media, I post and get off and Mm -hmm. that, you know, I don't scroll. And, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll go and like, look at the accounts that I like to look at, but I'm not scrolling because I felt, I find that that's when I get in the most trouble and I start creating storylines, you know, you know, how our heads work where we're just like, oh, I'm, well, I'm not in Paris and uh, <laughs> yes. it doesn't look, you know, just like it's almost silly, but it, 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 it does happen. And so I'm really intentional about, I go look at what I want to look at. I post if I want, and then I get off. And um, that's also been really helpful as well. And um, yeah, I just think that it's, it's just about, it is about balance, but it's so hard. It's so hard. But the reason what motivates me behind it is my kids are watching. And even mm. my child, she, she will tell me, mom, put your phone down, put your phone down. And, you know, I think that social media is having such a, a big impact on our youth and oh, yeah. you know and so I think that we we have to lead by example we have to have the boundaries and and for me as a mom like teaching my showing my child you know how we are doing that in our household and by any means we're not we're not perfect at it it does get we do get caught up in it at times but you know at least trying to have these these boundaries and, and kind of safe holders in place helps with the balance, especially because when, when our businesses are rooted in social media. I'm so glad that you are also teaching your daughter to set these boundaries because she's going to grow up with oh, just next level social media influence and who knows what is going to, you know what I kind of hope, Mary, I actually kind of hope that you know how we always rebel against the older generations. Perhaps we'll be like, you know what? You guys were too in social media. We're not into that anymore. We just want to like live, be here, be in the now. You know, it's, it's interesting about you saying that is so with our skincare brand, we've been looking a lot at like when to enter the retail space. And we've been looking at a lot of the research that's happening right now with people shopping in person now versus online and specifically our Gen Z audience. Wow. They now are shopping more in person, going more, going to the store than they are online. And I didn't know that a big part of that too, is probably because of the pandemic, you know, we were all forced to shop online and with the kind of that instant gratification that 
you know, Gen Z, like we're, we're just used to having that. And that, I think that's one thing they expect and they're just going in the store. They want to experience the products and then they want to ha- leave with the products. They don't, they don't want to have to wait for a ship time. And I thought that was interesting. And I actually was like, and it gave me hope that socially maybe we would follow that, you know, that some of these, you know, some of these where we lean in on social media, that we would start connecting in person more. I know that with our book tour, we're certainly doing that. You know, in the past, I would say like we could have mapped it out and had all these marketing tactics all through social media and and kind of leveraged on social media. But we're really trying to connect with community groups of women in that city that we're traveling to versus completely relying on Instagram. And so I, I would, gosh, it would just be amazing if that was the shift and that was, you know, really we started really, you know, valuing that connection. Mm, I love that you're doing that too, because any reason for women to get together and support each other, whether it's to support someone's book or whatever it is, I love that you recognize the value in that, because I do think that that's going to be way more rewarding than just posting it on social media or just posting it wherever and just hoping something will come from that. Where do people connect with your tour? Yeah. So, so we are doing eight cities. We have a landing page for our book that has all the information um, and a quick easy link um, to get to it is through my Instagram profile um, Mary Lawless Lee that tells you everything about the book that you could want to know how to pre-order the full book tour list um, just like a full rundown of everything it's also the website is called shop happily gray and Mm. all of it lives there and there's a trailer uh, kind of like a book trailer that gives you more of an idea of what this book is about. And there's chapter summaries and there's like a fun little journaling exercise and, and yeah. And, and then the link to pre-order the book, but our, the book comes out on November 15th. So we've got about four weeks and I'm just so excited. Yay. I think the book will be out by the time this episode is out. So everyone go get the book. <laughs> so exciting. That's so exciting. And I have to ask as an author, I'd love to hear about your writing process. I've been asking authors about their writing process. It's really helped a lot of listeners in their writing process. Do you mind sharing what, if you had a routine or ritual or what was your experience like writing the book? Yeah. So I took a lot of the, like the the tactics I learned through my entire life writing. So I I talk about in the book, how I've been journaling since I was a little girl, like my mom and dad would catch me up late at night past bedtime writing at like 1am. That's the reason why I I launched happilygray.com because my love for writing and um, specifically about fashion and more of a lifestyle brand. But so all of that really poured into um, the creation of this book, but you know, it's, so we wrote it in a span of about eight months and Shannon and I, my co-writer, she, I mean, like I said, she was just an angel from above and the energy <laughs> we had there. It just, I, the book would not be what it is without her. It was divine timing for sure. And, um, we would write about two to three chapters at a time. And it was honestly more of a conversation. And that's the cool part is I was not writing this solo. It was her and I sitting down and we started to talk about, you know, what was important to me in these stories. And we kind of made an outline. The book is half memoir, half coffee table, but it really lended more intimate and more on the memoir side than what I think I ever expected. Right. 
you know, it was very organic. It was very therapeutic. The process, I mean, it was very therapeutic and at times it was really hard walking back through a lot of these stories. I also talk about chapter five is about my divorce and uh, what I learned through that and that dark period. And, you know, it just, it was, it was, like I said, it was so natural. We sat down with kind of like our laptops and started sort of just like outlining these stories and, and connecting on them. And um, she was such a big factor in helping me know how to structure the book because we, we really didn't sit down with this. Okay, here's the plan. We're going to write it just like this. It was just kind of, it organically took a life of its own. Wow. That was, cool part. Um, that was a really cool part. And he really leaned into that. And I really trusted that process and, and, and let, and, I, and I'm a big believer of like what's meant to be will be. Uh-huh. And we leaned into that and trusted it. And that's why, you know, the first time I read it for joy, we went back and wrote chapter two. Cause I, I just knew that, that there was no way I was going to share this book without that being a part of it. Mm, I love that you keep saying as well, read it for joy, because obviously when you look at your book, you're, you know, you're critiquing it just to make sure if there, there's any tweaks or whatever. And, you know, you're, you have the business in mind as well, but instead when it all was all finished, you decided to just read it through for joy. Who is Alta Mae Lawless? She's beautiful. I'm on page 56 right now. I just flip it through. This one keeps popping out. So that's my grandmother, my dad's mom. And she, Gosh, she was such an influence in my life and such an inspiration. As a little girl, I just have these vivid memories of sitting in her lap and just admiring her. Just like I, w- I would admire her while she talked, while she painted her nails. She was such, she beat to her own drum. She just was such a force. And wow, you know, I didn't, I didn't even like, like recognize all that as a little girl, but looking back on that, I, I, like I, she created her own bat- path. And she was, she was like the, the lady who dressed like she was in Paris and she was going to the Piggly Wiggly. Like <laughs> she just, you know, carried her own beat. And I always admired that more than anything. I mean, yes, she was beautiful and yes, she was incredibly smart and all these things. But most of all, I admired that she created her own way. She was really strong. And, um, you know, I, some of those memories are really inspiring to me today as I'm now um, you know, in that a little older and kind of in, in a business chapter, growing, growing different businesses and, and, and trying to navigate motherhood. There's just so many qualities that I think back on that I didn't recognize when I was little, but the, the pieces are starting to kind of be put together now. So she was such an, such an influence. She sounds absolutely amazing. And what is a type A bubble bath? I'm just, you know, flipping through your book right now, which it's so beautiful. I It is like a coffee table book mix memoir because you can either, you can sit, you can read through it and, you know, connect with the writing. But also let's say you're, if you put it on a coffee table, someone's sitting there bored, they could just flip through, look at these beautiful pictures or just, you know, read a section like, for example, type A bubble bath. What is a type A bubble bath? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I love a visual element. So that was, I kind of wanted that to be a part of the book from the beginning. So um, cool. the type A bubble bath. Okay. So I, my, my most favorite thing in this world is a bath. It, yeah. I, am, I am like, I don't, there's not a ton of self-care things that I let like rank higher on my list than bath. And I, in, in that portion of the book, I, you know, I'm talking about, you know, it, it, it's kind of, 
coming after like talking about self-love and how to how to take care of yourself. And that's just one of my favorite ones, like grabbing a glass of wine, grabbing a book, lighting a candle and just relaxing and taking time. And I think, I think I talk about that close to around motherhood about, you know, you can't give what you don't have. Right. I always, I've kind of, I have a very intense personality and it's been a, a huge learning curve for me throughout my life the, you know, focusing on the consistency over the intensity and, and taking time to take care of yourself. Cause if, if, you know, if you don't, you just can't give what you don't have. And there's ne- that never became more apparent to me than in motherhood. I realized if I'm not taking time to do little things like take a bath, little things to, you know, take the load off, I won't be able to in turn take care of my kids and to love them and to give them that love so they can in turn, you know, love others. And so that was a huge wake up call. And I really started, you know, getting, I think, appreciating more those little things, which you think that would almost be the opposite because in motherhood, you have less time. But I think that's one of the big lessons I learned in motherhood was that you have to take time for those things for yourself. Yeah. So true. I'm glad that you're a mama that recognizes the beauty and the power and the love that comes from also paying attention to herself, taking care of herself, giving herself self love and therefore bringing even more love to her children. I think that is such an honest and true statement. So I'm glad that you are sharing this. Thank you. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we've, we've carried a lot of those same values in building out our skincare brand, um, Nima with, with that that being where it all starts. It all starts with recognize the importance of self-care and self-love and and appreciating those moments. So amazing. Okay. So Nima, do you mind talking about Nima? What's Nima? What does that mean? Yeah. So, so about a year ago, my husband and I, he is, he's my co-founder partner in creating this brand. We launched Nima and, you know, so my background that I mentioned is in nursing and I, I always knew I wanted to market. I wanted to market my own products and I wanted to develop my own products. I've, I've spent the last 10 years marketing other brands products and, you know, kind of looking for, you know, what, what do I want to bring to the table? Where do I want to make an impact? And I tried on these ideas of like apparel and shoes and, you know, ultimately I knew I wanted to create something that married my past and caretaking and science oh, with my digital. Yeah. And motherhood was the answer um, to that. And it really held so much meaning for me. And I, you know, at the time too, I couldn't get my hands on the products I wanted. And I started having this exact conversation with my community, like couldn't get my hands on the stretch cream that I needed when I was pregnant, that was clean and that was effective and it was science backed. And we started doing, my husband and I, at the time, this was during the pandemic, he had left his job and we started working on this together and we couldn't believe the disparity in this market and how, you know, in in skincare and in beauty, it's readily available to women. You know, the the most, the, the options are endless and the quality of products are, you know, so great and so beautiful. And in skin and in mom and baby, it just felt like there was such a void in this market. And especially at a time when I do feel like, you know, mothers need it the most. It's such a transformative phase of their life. Yeah. Pregnancy and during postpartum, they should have access to those, those products that elicit that emotion and they can really trust 
and that really serves them. And so we started working on creating this brand called Nemo, which I have to tell you, my daughter actually named the brand. Um, she could not call me mama. Oh, that is why. That is so cute. Nima, yeah. And it means God's gift in Arabic. Oh, chills. Are you kidding me? This is brilliant. It's crazy. So it, it was like such a joyful, like so much joy around just the name and the meaning for, for our little family. And um, so Nima is a skincare and body care line that's science backed, it's clean and effective for women and their families. And it's important to me that women feel supported. And so that's what we, we not only have brought, you know, trusted products to market. We have three, three products, a stretch cream, a scar treatment and a nipple and lip balm but also a community of support for moms. More than anything, I think that moms need support. They need, you know, to feel like they're not alone in this journey and they, they, you know, have an army of support behind, behind them. So that's a big part of our brand and we're coming up on our one year anniversary and just really excited for what's to come. We're launching kids next year and You're launching uh, kids next year. Yes. I mean, talk about it's the stuff is so cute. I cannot wait <laughs> to, wa- to launch our kids products. We're, we're doing um, body wash and shampoo. Oh, and that's great. There's a lot of fun kids stuff happening, but look at that. Look at you. Amazing. Superwoman with a new book and a full-time mama, a writer, entrepreneur. And also now you have skincare, well, blogger and skincare line. That's so exciting. What an exciting time. Um, very, happy very birthday fun. to Nima. Thank you. Thank you. A, a, a very strong group of, of people around, around me helping every right. step of the way, like truly, like you're only as strong as the, you're the team there to support you. So I have to like, you know, dump the, the credit back to them because it has been such a team effort through all of this. I like that you keep circling back to support, support, having a team, having a team. It is uh, true. Right, right. Do you have anything else you'd like to say before we move on to rapid fire? I can't think of anything. I feel like we've covered so much. I know. A- <laughs> it's been a great conversation and you, you just make it so easy and have this like essence about you. So uh-huh. I appreciate that and your energy. Uh, I'm giving you a hug through Zoom. Okay. <laughs> uh, rapid fire. So coffee or tea? Coffee, for sure. Yeah. Yes. Fave form of body movement? Running. Yeah. So where is your happy place? Fishing. East Texas fishing. I grew up fishing and that was such right. peace. It's like It was like my yoga, my meditation. Yeah. Animal that you connect with most, if any. Horse. And then do you have a morning routine? I wake up at five almost every morning. Wow. And- coffee alone in quietness and stillness (laughs) and I don't some mornings I do different things but there's like no kids are up my husband's not up our dogs aren't up and it's the most peaceful time of the day and I've really gotten into a routine and consistent routine of starting every day that way Mm, I love that yes I'm glad that you wake up at five so you have that time for yourself and if you could gift everyone you know a book excluding your own of course what would it be Oh, definitely. I just finished Viola Davis's Finding Me. And it is so good. I love her. I've always loved her, but man, that book is powerful. Ooh, I am interested in reading that. I love Viola Davis. This is the last question that I ask all the Euro Magic guests. How would you advise the Euro Magic listeners to create their own magic? Hmm. 
exactly what I, I told my three-year-old the other day, embrace the uniqueness and the, the quirky and the different qualities that make you, you. Where can everyone connect with you? And also where can everyone get the book? Cause it's out now. Yes. Yes. So Amazon books and books, um, Barnes and Noble books, million. It, it's, there's an audio book as well. Um, it's at target. There's in any, any retailer you can think of we're there. And it's also can be purchased shop happily gray, G R E Y.com. And my Instagram account is Mary lawless Lee. And I would love, I would love to connect with you guys. And just so thankful that I got to come and, and communicate and be a part of this, this community today. Oh, I'm so thankful too, that you came on the show. You, you are superwoman, And I'm just so thankful that we had this conversation because it lit me in so many ways. And I thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rafael. I'm excited. Thank you. Yomis, it is time for the outro. Thank you so much for tuning into the Your Own Magic Podcast for the creative and the curious soul. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already to be notified when a new episode is alive. And if you have a spare moment and you feel the nudge to, it would mean the world if you left a five-star rating and review. And I'm looking forward to reading whatever your heart has to say. And feel free to say hi as well and connect with the community by visiting the Your Own Magic Facebook group linked in the show notes. And if you have any future topic ideas or a question that comes to heart you'd like me to cover, then I'd love, love, love to hear from you in our topic box on the Your Own Magic website at yourownmagicpodcast.com. And there you'll also find a membership portal leading to guided meditations by me and some journaling prompts, some spiritual or creative tools, and more. And of course, feel free to stop by the new online shop for artisan jewels, trinkets, and more at eyesofaspen.com. And with that said, have a magical rest of your day. Send him my love. Jai Mat.